transition that over. Hallelujah. So I believe we're on now. Hallelujah. It's picking up. Hallelujah. It's picking up. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. connected now. There we go. It's going to come. Come on. Let me make sure that I'm not upside down. Yeah, I'm upside down. Okay. That's okay. God is good. Let me know. Let me just transform it. Oh, okay, that, that went the other way. So let me just go back and undo that rotation screen. Oh, I hit the wrong rotation. There we go. Okay, I'm going with this one. Let me flip it. I'm coming. I'm almost there. Welcome, evangelist. God bless you. Hallelujah. Thank you. I am. I feel for some reason I was tired, but I feel very rested now. For some reason, it's like God just gave me a boost of strength. Hallelujah. Just like that. Amen. Amen. All righty. So let's go ahead and dive into the word of God. Amen. We've already prayed. Amen. If you have heard um, dollar prayer. By Arthur Robin Stokes. That's the um, audio that you've been listening to. So that is the book, um, 21 Days of Prayers and Fasting, Dollar Prayer, and the CD. Actually, two CD with a book. So that's what we've been listening to. So we thank God for that. Amen. So we just, last week we um, started out talking about, we finished out talking about um, soul ties, breaking soul ties. And then we got into the spirit of God by nation. But one of the things that I wanted to talk to you about, that one thing about God is that he wants us to continue to pull down and cast out strongholds, amen, in our lives. And how do we do that? We do that by, through prayer and fasting, but also submitting ourselves under the mighty hand of God. Because when we submit ourselves under the mighty hand of God, he's able to work through us. Because one thing about God is that he's not a strong man. Hallelujah. He is a man that will allow us to come to him. But strong men don't do that. Strong men try to take over and manipulate and 
control your life and steer you in the wrong path. One thing about God is that he give us grace and he give us choice, free will. And we have to want to come to him. He's not going to force us. But when we come to him, even though we don't know what we're doing, we don't know why, we just submit and say, you know what, Lord, just, you know, I'm just so stubborn. I'm just so hard-headed. I don't know what's going on. Lord, help me. And then he's able to step in. Amen. Because he knows our motives. And motives are very important to God. Amen. So that's why we need to make sure that when we come in, that we just release ourselves to him. But our hearts have to be right. It's one thing about the heart. It has to be right. It has to be clean. Amen. Before God, um, by God giving us, hallelujah, the ability to do what it is that he has us to do because we're coming to him boldly to the throne of grace. Amen. And that's why the Holy Spirit continues to convict us. See, the reason why you're feeling that, that feeling is because the Holy Spirit is saying, that's not the right decision. That's not the right way. No, you shouldn't say that. You shouldn't do this. And that's why we have to, at all times, listen to the Holy Spirit. Because strong men, what they do, a strong man, what it does is it tries to move you away from hearing the Spirit of God. And you need the Spirit of God. You need Because he's going to give you the right direction. Amen? So when the Holy Spirit begins to confess, convict you that is a good thing because that means that you have humbled yourself you have died to yourself because your flesh don't want the conviction your flesh want to do what it want to do but when you feel convicted meaning that you say you know what i I, I just don't feel right in doing this things that you used to do that you knew was not right that is the holy spirit speaking to you now all you have to do is just allow the spirit to overtake you amen hallelujah because we need to ask God to utterly control whatever it is that is out of place. We need him to take it out of us. We need the spirit of God to release it. We need to die to our own imaginations. He says to what? To, to pour down strongholds in every what? Vain imagination. So we need to die to our own imaginations. You know, imagination is good in some cases when it's directing you to your purpose and your destiny. But when the imagination is about hurting somebody or doing something at the will of God or um, walking in bitterness or unforgiveness or anything of that sort, it is not a good imagination. You know, you can have an imagination by, you know, saying, oh, you know what, God, I see God taking me far. I'm going to, you know, accomplish this. I'm going to accomplish that. I'm going to be more of a blessing to people and just not to myself. That's a good imagination. But when you have an imagination saying, well, I got to pull down Henry, got to pull down John because they're over me and they're before me. And if I keep allowing them to be before me and over me, I would never get past them. So wrong imagination. Wrong motives. See, if you learn to help Henry and learn to help John, God can push you forward. Amen. Why? Because you're helping somebody reach their purpose and destiny. But when you're pulling people back from reaching their purpose and destiny, that is a vain imagination. Or thinking in your mind and hoping, oh, I hope it don't go well for them. I hope they don't reach their purpose. You know what? I hope they don't graduate. You know what? I hope they don't get the job. You know, you can tell somebody. 
because of something else. They're looking at their credentials. They don't have a degree. But one thing about God is that he is the degree. And he can get you in a job, have you work the job, and then have them pay for your degree. I'm just saying. That's the type of God we serve. Amen. So people, you got to be careful on those that you tell your dreams to because you have dream killers. They will laugh in your face and smile with you and say, oh, that's good. And then they will get on the phone with Ruthie and say, hey, you know, so-and-so said that they're about to build a big church and go international and do this. They don't even have their own church here. They don't even have money. They just called me last week asking to borrow money. Vain imagination. You don't know what God can do. See, God can use somebody else to bless them with the money. They confined in you because you always have a smile and say, oh, that's good. That's why, guess what? We have to have the spirit of discernment. You have to be able to discern those that you talk to. God will reveal their hearts. God will even allow you to share some things just to test them. Uh-huh. See, God will always, uh, you know, give us the ability to, like, give a person a chance. Amen. So we can actually, it says, test the the spirit by the spirit. Amen. So you got to know the spirit. You got to know the spirit that's in operation. Amen. And then God will begin to reveal their motive. He'll begin to reveal their character, begin to reveal their hearts. And so now we're testing and seeing, are they true to us? So we need to make sure that we Die to our own imaginations, our own desires. Okay, we want to be rich. Why? Just to say we got a lot of money, just to drive around in nice cars and have big houses and brag and say I have this and have that? Or do we want to have a lot of money because we want to be a blessing to the kingdom of God? We want to do greater exports. We don't don't want to stay here in the U.S., but we want to travel and go to other countries and other nations and help build maybe their um, 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 waste system or their trash system or their solar system or their electric system or build more schools or build more hospitals or more orphanages and more um, programs and also centers and um, and, um, distributing, hallelujah, warehouses to support them with food and housing equipment and things like that are we thinking like that are we thinking oh i'm gonna get all this and it's just for me 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 can i tell you something things don't make you happy because once god allows you to start achieving things and you begin to receive those things you will see your joy not even there because you believe more in the things instead of sharing it with somebody else so don't always have such a vain imagination. It's vain. That's why it says pulling down what every vain imagination. Why? Vain is meaning that it's vain. Vanity. Vanity. We self-glory in, in ourselves. You know, a vanity is a, a nice dresser and a stool with a mirror, and a woman sits there to beautify herself. But if she sits in that mirror too long, she would begin to what? Allow vanity. To overtake her because she would just think, oh, I'm the most beautiful thing in the world. And yes, she may be the most beautiful thing in the world, but that's not important. Because you can be beautiful on the outside, but ugly and dry on the inside. So you need to ask God to work on your insides and allow your insides to be beautiful just like your outsides. Amen. So we must die to our own imagination.
inclinations, our desires, and burdens for what we feel we should pray for. We're always thinking that we need to pray for this because we pray for what we see, we what we need. No, that's why I says to pray in the spirit always. Because the spirit knows what we need. So on the surface we think, oh, we need money because we got to pay our bills. But the Bible says, the Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want. Your bills is not a want. Your bills is a need. So if he says that he's going to give us everything we want, don't you know he's going to provide our needs? Because the Bible says that he shall provide our needs to what? Glories and riches. Right? So therefore, why are we burdening ourselves with things that we know he's going to do? He knows he's going to take care of our bodies. But the thing is, we also have to take care of our bodies because we have to make sure we eat right. We drink the right things. We listen to the right things. We intake the right things with our eyes, our ears, even in the right environment, smelling the right things. Hallelujah. And when we're doing those things, guess what? Then the Spirit of God can come and make us healthy. Amen. So we need to praise him. We praise someone in faith for the remarkable things that he's already going to do and all the way what he has already done. So when we praise God in advance, what that does is, is allow the spirit of God to begin to work on the out, inside out. Amen. And we need to wait, wait silently, wait with expectation and know that everything that we ask for, he's already given to us. But while we're waiting, we still have to what? Pull it down. We still have to what? Cast out what? Strongholds, strong men, and all grouping spirits that are connected in the name of Jesus. We do it what? In the name. We plead the blood of Jesus what? In the name of Jesus. Amen? So, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for what? Pulling down strongholds. Second Corinthians chapter 10. Verse 4, casting down imaginations or casting down arguments and every high thing that would exalt itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into what captivity to the obedience of Christ. That's why we have to walk in obedience. Because obedience, amen, allows us to bring every thought. Remember we talked about faulty thinking. Our thoughts become what? Faulty. And those faulty thinkings become an error. So an error of faulty thinking. Amen. Which takes us out what? The will of God. Amen. So that's why we have to what? Make sure that we bring down every thought. Every thought of, of neg- negativity. Every doubt of, every, um, every thought of doubt. Every thought of unbelief. Every, every doubt of, I, I just wrote, I got some things that I have put down because I, I want you to, I want you to understand that these thoughts, you need to make sure that you're bringing down. Thoughts of unbelief. Thoughts of, unfor, you know, unforgiveness. Amen? Because when we don't bring those thoughts down, it begins to what? Harm us. Amen? It begins to keep us, hallelujah, Bound. Hallelujah. Because if you keep on doubting, come on. Okay. I know you may feel like it's not going to happen, but you can't keep telling yourself it's not going to happen. Because the Lord God already showed you in his word that it's going to happen. Amen. That's why the power of agreement is one of the most powerful weapons that we can use in prayer. 
because we have already agreed in the name of Jesus. Because when you say in the name of Jesus, and when you say amen, that means that you accept what is written in his name that it shall be done. So you have come into an agreement. So when you come into agreement, hallelujah, we can step into Matthew 18 and 19. Again, I say unto you that if two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything that they shall ask, it shall be done for them by my Father, which is where? In heaven. So when we touch and agree, it is already done. Amen? That's why we got to bring down every thought of negativity. We have to call forth positive thoughts. No more negative thinking. No more thinking that is, you know, back in the day, there were so many different deliverance ministries. Amen? And the, the, the power gift, you know, you don't see the power gift in operation now, mostly in most places. So you look at Benny Hinn. He has such an awesome ministry. Even though he was a more of a charismatic, amen, deliverance ministry, but he also dealt with dramatic encounters with the enemy. When he began to talk about how demons will approach him while he was preaching and ministering, they will come and he was being threatened. But even though he had a charismatic spirit, he still operated in the power gift. Amen. Then you look at John Weber. Amen. He worked in the third wave of the power gift. Amen. And more in evangelism. Amen. Neil Anderson. He broadly was an evangelical um, evangelist, but he operated in, in mind renewal. Amen. And then you look at Merle Erger. Amen. He was more of a disrespectful um, deliverance ministry. And then, you know, you had the Roman Catholic, which was in the priesthood sacrament, you know. But these were different areas of deliverance ministry, amen. But at the same time, they still dealt with synthetic activity. Like, even then and even now, the spirit of lawlessness, which is the spirit of humanism, where we're operating in the flesh, like the church is operating more in the flesh than the spirit. Because we're looking at our credentials. We're looking at all of this instead of operating in the spirit of God. The spirit of God is trying to speak to us. But because we want people to know that we're a prophet. We want people to know that we're so powerful. You know, we want people to know that we are the healers and deliverers. The spirit of God cannot come into operation. So we come into the spirit of loneliness which is the spirit of humanism. That is the strong man. Hallelujah. So the spirit of whom, excuse me, humanism is the strong man that operates under the spirit of loneliness, which is the stronghold. And then guilt, which is the accuser of the brother. We know the enemy is nothing but the accuser of the brother. And so he allows, he, he, he put people in bondage and they run around with the spirit of guilt. The strong man that holds them is the spirit of guilt. Hallelujah. Which comes from the accuser of the brethren, the devil. The father of lies. He lies so much that instead of them believing in true religion, 
your 
faith because now you and God have relationship. Me and my daughter, we were out today and we were getting some hot water as we left the hospital. And as we were leaving, the one lady was saying, Jesus, Jesus. And we both turned around and we was like, okay, hello, are you talking about our daddy? Because anytime I hear Jesus, that's my daddy. Hallelujah. And it was just so awesome because when they were saying, Jesus, Jesus, we turned back around to them. And they, we said, wait a minute, you calling on our daddy. That's our daddy. So, hey, we just connected with our sisters. Amen. And then we just had a good conversation. Hallelujah. So all I'm saying, and then we begin to talk about dealing with people that really are mean people. Stronghold. They didn't even know that that's what we're teaching on during our series because we're in series seven. Hallelujah. But God will always remind us, even in the marketplace, the workplace. Hallelujah. So we're not the only ones dealing with this because they were saying, like, how do we deal with this spirit? Even though you keep being nice and you keep being loving, but the spirit keeps attacking. I said, it's just like Paul said, you are bewitched. Most people don't even know that they have been bewitched. Some people don't even know that they're walking in the spirit of divination. They don't know that they're walking in the spirit of loneliness. They don't know that they're walking in the spirit of guilt. They don't know that they're walking in the spirit of false error or false religion or humanism because they don't understand spiritual things. So that's why we have to educate the people of God leaders because this is a time and day that if they don't know these things, they won't make it. Because it is not flesh and blood. But this is spiritual. Everything is spiritual. People ain't fighting you now with flesh and blood. They're fighting you spiritually. Even when they see ministries, deliverance ministries, that are really bringing deliverance, playing, they're going to try their best to do everything to bring that ministry down. They're going to lie on the leaders and say they're this, they're that, just to try to turn the people away so that the people, I'm telling you, the enemy is a father of lies. He want to discredit the goodness of God, the heart of God. Amen. But one thing is God's word can be trusted. Amen. He want us to think that God's word cannot be trusted. That that was a liar. God's word is our life. God's word is every breath of us because it's God. God's word is God. So how dare the enemy try to trick the people of God to say that God's word cannot be trusted? That is a lie. So he tries to discredit the integrity of God's word. And if we are not careful, we will take and read another religion, another word. That's not God's word. And then you will begin to believe a lie. Satan only wants to seduce people into a quest for life apart from obedience to God. He don't want us to be obedient to God. He, he don't want us to bring every thought into captivity in obedience of Christ. The Bible says here, it says bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. But I just read here and said that Satan wants to what? Seduce into a us into a quest for life apart from obedience of God. Meaning Satan, listen to this, Satan appealed to Eve's appetite. 
try to appeal us with such a bright appetite. That's why we got to be careful what we take in. We got to be careful in what we say. We got to be careful in what we do. We cannot let Satan keep on tricking us. Tricking us to believe that it looks good when it really don't look good. It tastes good and it really don't taste good. It feels good and it really don't feel good. Because after the cessation, you're still in the same situation. That's the, that's the difference. With Satan, you're still in that same hole. But with God, you're free. With God, there's liberty. With God, there's life. And with God, there's eternity. A difference. With Satan, is hell. Sheola. Nothing is light. It's all dark. Amen. So he wants to try to take us away from God. See, Satan does not want to destroy our hope. But he rather wants to distort it. He wants to kill it. He wants it to take it away. He don't want us to have no faith. What is hope? Our faith. He, he knows that faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. And with no faith, you have no God. And with no faith, you have no word. And you need the word because the word is God and the word was with God. In the beginning and the end. So we need word. The word of God. Hallelujah. He wants to build our hope on anything and everything but God. He wants us to hope and believe that we can do it on our own. He wants us to hope and believe we don't need to listen to God. He wants us to hope and believe that we can get all this glimmer and glamour on our own and that is more important than having eternal life with God. See, he wants us to believe all this glitter and gold instead of us believing to be what? Content. Why be so on all this bright, glittery stuff that's not going to be bright and glittery in heaven? But that's what he wants us to believe. Like you see, my hat is glittery. He wants us to believe that this is more brighter than God's glory. When all it is is sequence. It's just a reflection of the glory. But the glory is the glory. This is just a reflection of it. Hallelujah. So the issue here is that he wants us to have consequences. To where we are against the will of God. See, one thing we got to understand is that the sin that Eve got into, she saw the fruit as good. She saw the fruit as pleasing. She saw the fruit as desirable more than forbidden. When God have already told them that it's a forbidding fruit. So the material world will always pose a threat to the immaterial hope in God's word. So they would take the materialistic things and put more emphasis on that. You know they do more advertising. They pay for more advertising on worldly things. But when it comes to the things of God, 
limited. Amen. Hallelujah. So our behavior issues from our core beliefs. We can tell a lot by what a person really believes by watching how they make decisions. So your decisions determine your character. Your decisions determine your integrity. Your decisions determine who you really are in God. Amen? So when you look at the fall with Adam and Eve, they were given a moral sensitivity and in that sense became like God. Because they thought eating the fruit was more profitable than not eating it. Because Satan made this apple look like God. Hallelujah. So in reality, they had to realize that, and that is in Genesis chapter 3, 1 through 7. Amen. So for those that that is looking, um, wanting to know where we're coming from, talking about that. Amen. So, amen. So in one sense, the fall was a part of the development of Adam and Eve. They became more aware of their spiritual condition and thus were better able to appreciate God's grace. But the law of Moses was to have the same effect on all who were under it, where sin abounds and grace does all the more abound. But Adam and Eve were guilty and fell in it. So the enlightenment of Adam and Eve came with a painful stinger. They were introduced to what? Death. Hallelujah. The breakdown of physical, social, psychological, and spiritual unity. Hallelujah. So that's why I said that even when Jesus was going through the wilderness, the enemy, see, he would try with anybody. He tried it with Jesus. Matthew 4, 1 through 11. Let's, I'm going to, yeah, right, okay, 1. It says, then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And after he had fasted for 40 days and 40 nights, he then became hungry. And the temple came and said to him, if you are the Son of God, command that those stones become what? Bread. But what the devil didn't know, he's the bread of life. So he ain't got to call on those stones for bread. He is the bread. Amen. And then it says he came to him, but he answered and said, it is written. It is written. Man should not live on bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. That one right there, you couldn't get me. Then the devil took him into the holy city, and he had him stand on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written. Hold on. In the beginning, he didn't say it was written. So he tried to mock God's word because he heard Jesus say, it is written. Man should not live by bread alone. So he tried to come back and trick Jesus with his same word. That's how the enemy does with us with strongholds. He tried to come back and say the same, bring the same stronghold in our life when God has already freed us. So the spirit of unbelief and the spirit of doubt comes into our mind and now we're harping on what God has already delivered us from. Because the enemy is saying, it is written. Amen. If you are the son of God, throw yourself down for it is written. He will give 
gives his angels, did he look? He said, did he will give his angels charge concerning you and on their hands they will bear you up lest you strike your foot against the stone. And Jesus said to him, come on, here we go. On the other hand, it is written. You can come whatever hand you want, but on this hand, it is written, you shall not put the Lord, your God, to the test. Come on now. And again, three times. Come on now. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost had to show up on this. Because he's going to throw him. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world. All this glamour, all this gold, all this stuff. Stuff that we hold so dear to us. We hold our cars so dear to us. We hold our houses so dear to us. You know, we said, Lord, if you ever give me a car, Lord God, I'm going to make sure. If you tell me if you tell me to get somebody a ride, I'm going to give somebody a ride. Soon when you get your car, you don't want nobody to ride in it because it's so clean. You don't want nobody to sit on your seat. But you just told God if you bless I'm just saying. And you ride past your brethren at the bus stop. And then you be like, oh, he'll get there. But you just told God. If you give me a car, I'll pick up my brother that I always see at my bus stop. And then you even told him, because y'all even caught the bus together. Man, if I get my car, you ain't never got to worry about catching the bus. And then he see you rolling down the street in your car and you ride right past him. Come on. Showing him. Showing. That's all the kingdoms of this world. That's not the kingdom of God. That's the kingdom of this world. When you backslide and you come and you um, um, mock and you come back and you don't obey or you come back and don't do a vow, you made that vow to God. You didn't make that vow to your brother. You told God. You said, God, when we make a vow to God, see, we got to realize when we, when we sometimes are so much distressed, especially coming into church, you know, the men of God were praying for you. The men of God is there. there. Oh, you know what? I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Oh, God, when God bless me and you ain't got no job, didn't have no job, didn't have, and then God done bless you with the best job. You was coming to church every day, all day. You beat the pastor to the church. You cleaned the church. You did this. Everything. Matter of fact, the pastor couldn't get you out the church. The pastor had to push you out the door. Now, you're nowhere to be found, but only on New Year's and Christmas and Easter. Because you enjoy the kingdoms of this world and their glory. But, and he said to him, all things will I give you if you fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said to him, be gone, Satan. Get thee behind me. For it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and serve him only. That's my dad. Come on. You can come one, two, three, but it's not going to work. Then the devil left him. See, come on. The devil ain't leaving that easy. But when you got this that's written, he got to flee. He gave him three times. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The devil left him, and behold, angels came and began to minister to him. Why? Because God acknowledged that he did not allow the kingdoms of this world or their glory to overtake his assignment. The enemy wants to take you out because you have a heavy assignment. He don't want you to complete your assignment. So he's going to throw everything at you for you not to believe that you are called for this, you're built for this, and you will continue to walk in this. 
He wants you to believe that you were not meant for this, but the devil is a liar. That's why you got to know who you are in the kingdom of God. He wants to dismise God. He wants to dismise you. Remember, he considered Job. God said, I'm considering Job. He said, have you considered my son Job? Have you considered? He may he offered Job up. You can touch him, but, but you can't. You can touch the things around him, but you can't touch him. So when you are considered by God, the enemy is going to try his best to dismise your personal responsibility in the kingdom of God. Amen. Because at the end of the day, the temptation has nothing to do with any anything that's going to push you forward. The temptation is to take you off your guard. Temptation is to take you off your assignment. The temptation is to take you out of your mandate. And the temptation is to take you out of this world. I mean, yes. He wants to get you out of the will of God. He needs to remove you from the hedges. Remember, Job was in the hedges. He wants to remove you out of the hedges. So when you step out of the hedges, he got rain. Because he made him what? The prince of the air. So when we get out of the will of God, we're giving Satan permission to touch us. So that's why we have to stay in the hedge. Hallelujah. We cannot come out of the hedge. When we come out of the hedge, what happens is Satan and his imps is ready to take us out. That's why there are more demons that's coming back than one. Because why? They're going to try to make sure that they get you back. Bound. They say, okay, we didn't get them the first time. But we know what they like. See, Satan knows what we like. He will dangle it in your face and say it's God. He will dress it up like it's God. It will smell. He will try to make it smell like God. But see, you know the sweet aroma. You'll know that smell. Because he knows the word. That's why he knows how to dress it up. Because he knows the word. But he's not the word. Amen. So he tries to identify himself to have a covenant with you. Only Jesus got covenant with us, not Satan. He always wants to declare that he is the son of God because he knows scriptures. But he's not. Amen. That's why we got to be careful when we're vulnerable. Because temptation is linked to our vulnerability. Do you hear me? Have you noticed sometimes when you have fallen, you was vulnerable? Satan knows how to creep in when we are vulnerable. When we're going through, you know, when we're going through something so hard. He knows how to creep in. Because he knows our vulnerability would give him leeway. Hallelujah. Hebrews 4 and 15, for we do not have a high priest 
who is unable to sympathize with our weakness, but we have one who has been tempted in every way just as we were, yet was without sin. So each of us will have a different area of vulnerability. But at the same time, as we may have been tempted to hold on to things too tightly, while others don't hold on those things so tightly but loosely, that's why they are tempted to eat more and also be tempted to do more out of the will of God. Amen. So temptation increases. Amen. It increases in us because Satan wants to take us out of the will of God. So that's why we have to be careful not to be tempted, not to allow temptation to rule us. Amen. Hallelujah. So temptation sometimes satisfies our body appetite. Amen. That means that it, 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 our body is desiring things that we know is not right. You know, like I remember when I used to smoke. So smoking for me was was like a clutch. I was dealing with so many things that I felt like the, the, the smoking gave me a relief in what I was dealing with. So it's like a hit. You got to get your hit. Okay? And then it, and you, you think that it's calming you down. You, you hear what I'm saying now? You hear? See, it's just a thought. It's a thought in captivity. Because smoking is a stronghold. It's addiction. So it was a thought in captivity. So my mind was in captivity thinking that if I get a smoke, it's going to make me feel good. But me smoking, come on now, made me do what? It made me exalt against the knowledge of God. Because God needed my mind to be renewed. But smoking will do what? Smoking will cause my mind to be cloudy. Smoking, because, you know, sometimes when you take a hit, it can make you high. It can make you think differently. So it is what? It is It is dealing with my thoughts. So I can't bring every thought into captivity because I'm living in, I'm living in dis, disobedience of God. But obedience allows me to put it down and say, you know what? I'm not going to look at this as this is my crutch. Because I felt like, okay, if I stopped smoking weed, that was good. If I stopped drinking liquor, that was better. But then the devil lied to me and said, no, you still need another hit. Go smoke a black and out. It's just like smoking a blood. It's just like drinking. Because it's still a stronghold of addiction. So that was that negative thought. That thought that was in captivity that said that this would make me feel better. In reality, it did not make me feel better because it was affecting my health because it could have caused cancer. Throat cancer. God knew that he called me. He knew that I would be a voice to the nation. So if the Satan can take my throat, he can take my voice, I'm Messiah, I can't make a sound. So he said, okay, I couldn't get her this way. I couldn't get her through the alcohol. 
will kill her. But God, but God, but God, because I realize that now I need to bring every thought into captivity to be in the obedience of Christ. Amen. So it destroyed my physical and spiritual need. I realized that I needed to respect the priority of the word of God. I need to respect the priority of the severity of God. And I needed to respect the priority of the worship of God because it was my lifestyle. Amen. Because one thing I had to realize is that the kingdom of this world is temporal. It's a physical scene. It could be social, political, um, with power. But the kingdom of God is spiritual, eternal, submissive, and worship. Amen. See, one thing I need to know, I'm not, I can't be an overt, coming to be a convert, because I was converted. I was converted back to Christ. So being an overt made me have a dramatic, demonic activity always being activated in my life. It overpowered me. Amen. Hallelujah. And, and then I had, it, I, I, I could not reannounce the things that Satan was doing. Amen. And it made me not believe the emphasis of what the true gospel really meant. But when I was converted back into the kingdom of God, I had common sense. The angel of light came to me. Amen. I was able to resist Satan through a renewed mind. Amen. Hallelujah. That's why in Jesus' ministry, he lived out the victory that he won. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He 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 was careful to do only what the Father directed him to do. Amen. See, his kingdom is not of this world. And that is why the disciples did not fight. So he had to let them understand that we don't do things this way. When Peter tried to cut the ear off, Peter, 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 I know you're a fighter, Peter. I know you love me. But you're going to be the same one that's going to deny me three times. Put the sword back down. We ain't, we ain't, we ain't going to fight this way. It's spiritual. See, Peter wanted to go flesh and blood. You messing with my Jesus. I told him that I will die for you. And he said, Satan, get thee behind me. He told him. Because I already know you're going to deny me three times. But I need you to know. So we really got to really look at this thing like, are we truly denying Christ Jesus? Through allowing these strongholds to overtake us. Amen. Because we said the spirit of jealousy deals with murder, revenge, spite, cruelty, strife, extreme competition, division, anger, rage, hatred, contention, envy. Amen. But we said that we, we talked a little bit about we talked about all of that, right? Yeah, we talked about all of that. We talked about the perverse spirit. Amen. So the spirit of lying. The spirit of lying is such a strong deception. 
because the spirit of lying is flattery. It sounds like it's true. Flattery means like, oh, that sounds good. I'm believing it because it just sounds good, but I know it ain't good because I know it ain't true. But because it sounds good and look good, it's flattery. False prophecy, gossip, false teachers, accusations, substitutions, religious bondage, slander, lies. A lying spirit caused people to doubt their salvation. Their prayer language is not valid. It makes them feel like their prayer language is not valid. Oh, God ain't hearing me. Oh, I've done this, I've done that. When God has said it's a forgiving God, he will forgive us if we just let go. And they feel like, oh, God, he will not heal us. Oh, I'm in so much need. Would the Lord God supply my need? I need it tomorrow. But we know that God is an on-time God. Oh, Lord, you know I'm going through this. Are you really going to protect me? The devil wants you to believe the Lord is not your protector. He wants to know that he wants you to believe that the Lord will not provide all your needs to his glories and riches. He don't want you to believe that the Lord is your shepherd and you should not want. He don't want you to, to believe that he have already laid you down in green pastures. He, he don't want you to believe that he have led you already by the still waters for his name's sake. So everything that you're going through is for his name's sake. They lie on you for his name's sake. They're talking about you because of his name's sake. They left you out because of his name's sake. They rejected you because of his name's sake. Aren't you happy? It's because his name's sake. Now, if it was about apostle name, that's a different story. I can't get you to eternity. But Jesus can. So when we are prosecuted and we are let down because of his name's sake, that is a beautiful thing. Because it's Jesus' name's sake. And what we would do for Jesus, that's when you would know true Christians. When they will do and go through it all for his name's sake. Amen. But the enemy, he lies to you. These lies of the devil lead us sometimes to believe that we are powerless. We have no authority. Because maybe we have fallen short of God's glory. But the Bible says we all have sinned and fallen short of the glory. So the thing is we just pick ourselves back up and get back on the road. We don't just lay there. The good Samaritan picked him up. He didn't just leave him there. And that's what God does. He's the good Samaritan. But we have to pick our own selves up. Because God is not going to force us up. When we pick ourselves up, God will lead us to the end. But not the end, the E-N-D. He'll lead us to the I-N-E, the same end that he took that man that was left on the side of the road. And he will pay for all of our expenses. 
fear because he is the prince of the air, not in the earthly realm. So if we speak it in the earthly realm, it has to manifest in the airway. Because when you speak, it goes to what? A frequency, a channel, the airway, and the enemy can take it and switch it. Come on now. And now doubt is on you. You're like bewitched. You see how that works? And that's how he works. Amen. So the devil lead people to believe that they are powerless with no authority. This is his device. You know, a device is something that you use to either listen through, speak through, and the enemy does use that device. The device, the device is you. We are the device. The device that he uses, that electronical type of device. It is the body. He needs body. He needs the body. He needs our body. Cause he need because he has no body. So our body is the device. So when we're lying, then we become cheaters. We're cheating because you know cheating is another form of deception. So if you wonder why you're cheating on your wife, are you cheating on your husband? Are you Cheating on God, because God said that some in the earthly realm are committing spiritual adultery. Spiritual adultery is when you come with God. Adultery is just between man and woman in marriage. But when you're talking about spiritual adultery, you're talking about sleeping around on God. And I'm not talking about in the flesh and blood way. Spiritual adultery means that you're doing things out of the will of God. Loneliness. Humanism. Come on. Error. The spirit of error. False religion. The things that we talked about, which we're going to talk about much more. Spiritual adultery. Where we're lying and we're going over here and we're telling the people of God this, but really living this way and doing this. Spiritual adultery. And that's the worst, one of the worst to see it because, you know, in the book of Exodus, we, 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 we went through the book of what, um, Exodus? The book of Exodus. We went through the book of Exodus. Hallelujah. And the book of Exodus talked about how they committed spiritual adultery. And what he did to them, the same thing in the earthly realm, the things that are going on in the nation, in the country, in the world. We're saying, why is this going on? Because of spiritual adultery. God is not playing. But we're playing with God. Cheating and deception have become an epidemic. It's an epidemic. You think COVID is an epidemic? No. Cheating and deception have become an epidemic. Amen. And it's costing God zillions of dollars. I'm just saying. <laughs> Hallelujah. Cheating and lying are a trap of the enemy. The evil in his imps influence and use people to accomplish it. He used them to do tricks on people, deceive them, and also people go into such an illusion. Don't you know people is walking in an illusion? 
that delusion, delusion of their mind because people was playing tricks on them, which is being used by the devil to make them believe things exist and they really don't. You're telling them, oh, this is going on. Oh, this is like this. And it's not. Hallelujah. It's not there. But you keep saying it's there because you are manipulating God's people. You want them to give you more money. You want them to do more things. You want them to be out of the will of God. You want them to miss God. It's not there. Why are you misleading them thinking that it's there? You're making them go through illusions. You're tricking them. And that's what the devil does. Nothing is there. It's just the shadow of a false impression. He says it's about the shadow of death. The valley through the shadow of death. It's a shadow, but a shadow, all you see is the reflection from whatever option. But guess what? It's not there. So he is a master who manipulates and always manipulates and comes contrary to the word of God. Deception is one of the characteristics that it is coming so strong in the earthly realm today. That's why Jesus told us. Jesus told us. Let's go to the book of Matthew 24. Matthew 24 and 4. He says, take heed that no man deceive you. Come on. Come on. He said this. Hold on. I'm going here. I want us to read this. Matthew 24. Ooh, this is good. And I know we're a little bit over time. After we read this, we're going to quit. And we're going to start back up next week. It's, see, this gets so good. We, It's like the time just moves, right? And I want to respect everybody's time. Amen. Matthew says, it's right here. Then Jesus went out and departed from, okay, hold on. For, okay, let's start at three. The signs of the times and the end of the age. Now, as he sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately, asked him, saying, tell us, when will these things be? And what will be the sign of your coming? In the end of the age. And Jesus answered and said to them, Matthew 24 and 4, Take heed that no man deceive you. That's one. Because it's going to be so much deception. Two, for many will come in my name. Oh, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, Jesus said. Oh, God said. Hallelujah. Praise his name. Oh, the Lord. Oh, my God, the Lord. They're going to come like, oh, Jesus. They don't even, they don't even do the move. Oh, oh. That's what they do. And it's all false religion. False spirit. Many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ and will deceive many. And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not troubled. For all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nations will rise against nations, and kingdoms against kingdoms. And there will be famines and pestilence and earthquakes in various places. All these things are the beginning of sorrow. Then they will deliver you up to tribulation and kill you, and you will be hated. 
by all the nation for my name's sake. And this right here, verse 10, is going to bring us into series 8 on next week. Because we're going to talk about the spirit of offense. And 11 says, then many, excuse me, 10 says, and then many will be offended and will betray one another and will hate one another. Amen. Jesus told them, these are the things to come. These are the things that's going to happen. I'm warning you. See, even though I'm telling you what's going to happen, you won't, you don't have to be affected. Because he said it right there. He said, all these things are the beginning of sorrow. Amen. He said, then they will deliver you up to tribulation and kill you. You will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. So because they talked about you, it's for his name's sake. They left you for his name's sake. They rejected you for his name's sake. They prosecuted you for his name's sake. God had to reveal, to redeem. God, you've been asking, God, reveal them to me. Lord God, let me see who they really are. Show me their character. Show me their heart. And did you know you pray these dangerous prayers? Because you're sitting at the right hand of God, and you are obedient to the things of God? You don't think that God going to answer your prayer? And now he has showed you these things. And now you become offended. But you asked him. That's why he's saying, no, 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 offenses will come. But listen, be careful how you handle them. So we're going to talk about offenses. Because an offended person is harder to win than a fortified city with a strong wall around it. Period. And next week we're going to finish that. That's good, right? So put the check mark right there. Put the period right there. Come on, we're going to, that's what we're coming back to. Matthew 24, hallelujah, offense, the spirit of offense. And then we're going to jump back into the spirit. We're going to finish out the spirit of lying right here, hallelujah. But I tell you, the spirit of offense, hallelujah. Deception is one of the most characteristics. That's what I said because he says, take heed that no man will deceive you. So when we come back, we're talking about the spirit of offense, which bring out the spirit of arrogance and pride. Amen. Hallelujah. So God bless you. And we thank you for joining us. And I know for sure that the Lord God has spoken to us. He has spoken to myself. And I know all those that are listening. I come against every spirit of oppression, every spirit of depression right now in the mighty name of Jesus. And I pray, oh God, that the renewal of their mind is now in Jesus' name. And I plead the blood of Jesus over their mind. I plead the blood of Jesus over their heart, over their hearing, over their eyes, over every entering part of their body in the name of Jesus. And I cast out every spirit right now, oh God, of delusion. Hallelujah. Any spirit of delusion, illusion, Lord God, that would try to overtake them and mislead them. I counsel it right now in the name of Jesus, I come against every diabolical spirit of Satan, and we assassinate it by the blood of Jesus in the mighty name of Jesus, and we decree and declare right now that everything is terminated, has been brought to an end, put to an end in the mighty name of Jesus, and I decree and declare right now, oh God, that your people will be set free, oh God, breaking down every chain, hallelujah, every shackle in their life, bringing down, casting down, pulling down every strong imagination, oh God, every strong man, oh God. 
God, that tries to take hold of their mind. We pull it down. We destroy it in the name of Jesus. We we call out the blood of Jesus over every spirit that is not like God, that tries to exhort itself as the, in God, and we call it down. We pull it down. We cast it down. It's destroyed right now in the name of Jesus Christ. And Lord God, we just thank you for those that are dedicating their life to you on this evening, on this morning, on this afternoon, wherever part of the world that you're in. I decree and declare as they go and ask you to forgive them, oh God, of any sin, oh God, that they may have committed, oh God, knowingly or unknowingly, oh God, that Lord God, as they forgive, oh God, those that have done them wrong and forgive themselves and they confess with their mouth and they believe in their heart that you are their Lord and Savior, that you have died for them, you have went, oh God, to the cross, oh God, and died for them and given them the keys of the kingdom. Now they call you their Lord and Savior. Now they're in, hallelujah, sitting at the right hand of the Father, that you have relinquished, oh God, all power and might unto them, because now that they are called sons of God in the mighty name of Jesus, those, oh God, that may already be saved, oh God, that have fallen short of your glory, that have went back and sinned against you, any transgression, any iniquity, that have fallen away from you, in the mighty name of Jesus, that may have been deceived, oh God, I pray, oh God, in the name of Jesus, oh God, that you forgive them, oh God, in the name of Jesus, oh God, call them back to their rightful places, oh God, call them back to their right assignment, oh God, their right mandating you, oh God, allow them to be covered, oh God, in the full armor of God, in the mighty name of Jesus, oh God, always draw the spirit, which is the word of God, in the name of Jesus, the shield of faith, to cut down every diabolical arrow that tries to come their way, oh God, and keeping the belt of truth on, because it's nothing but the truth, so help us, God, bring them back into their purpose, their destiny in you, oh God, not their own vain imagination, not their own vanity, oh God, but what the Spirit of the Lord have given them, the assignment that they've given them, for them to walk according to their purpose, their destiny in you, oh God. God, I thank you for prayer warriors praying and keeping them prayed up, oh God, standing at the wall, on the wall, praying day and night, praying without ceasing in the mighty name of Jesus, praying and fasting to break down every diabolical plan of the enemy, every power and principalities of darkness and wickedness and high places in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. And we call the Holy Spirit right now. Oh, we thank you for the fire of God. Arise and shine. Your light have come. The glory of the Lord is upon us right now. And it's the light of the Lord and the glory of the Lord is upon us. We call on Jehovah God, the King of glory, the Lord of glory, to continue to not just be on us wherever we go. Let the glory follow us. Let the glory be everywhere, oh God. Let the glory be in our presence. Let the glory follow us. Be in our house. Be in our car wherever we are. Allow you, oh God, to be with us in the name of Jesus Christ. I pray for those, oh God, that may, Lord God, be in the hospital. And we already decree and declare and know by your strength, by your stripes that they're already healed, oh God. So we decree and declare good health, oh God. We thank you for bringing them out of whatever condition that they're in. We're bringing them back to life and life abundantly more in the mighty name of Jesus. And we come against every plan of the enemy that would try to cause, oh God, them, oh God, to leave before their time. We call them in eternal life. We call them in right now to have life, to have breath in the name of Jesus to fulfill every assignment that they're called to finish, oh God. And God, we 
just pray, oh God, for our children. We pray for, Lord God, households and marriages. We pray for the body of Christ, the church, oh God. We pray for our government. We pray for every city, every country, every nation, every community, every county, every municipality. In the mighty name of Jesus, municipality, in the name of Jesus, every area of the earth, oh God, to cover the, oh God, through the word, oh God. Let the word of God become prevalent, oh God, in the lives of your people. Let the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ be spread, the good news, to let them know and paint the greatest picture of our Lord Jesus Christ and how he died for us and how he released the keys of the kingdom to be ours because we are the keys of the kingdom of God in the mighty name of Jesus, always operating in light, in light forevermore. And God, we just give you the glory. We give you the praise. We just thank you on this morning, on this afternoon, this evening. Oh, God, if it wasn't for you, we wouldn't be here. But we thank you, oh, God, that you've given us another chance. You've given us another ability to get it right, to do it right. Oh, God, we love you. Hallelujah. Oh, God, we give you glory. And we thank you, Jesus, in Jesus' name. Amen. We just thank the Lord for you that needed prayer. We're praying for you. You can always drop your um, name in inbox wherever, um, YouTube or in Podbean or any podcast. You can go on Facebook. Um, if you want prayer, just drop your name. Amen. God bless you. And we just thank you. We'll be back here by God's will, God's grace on next Thursday. And we'll be here on Sunday, 8.45 a.m. Eastern Standard Time in person. So come and join us, 1115 Hicks Boulevard, Suite 5, that is Fairfield, Ohio, 45011. We also have the food pantry. If you need for food, please call 513-494-6678. Amen and glory to God. May God bless you. You've already saw all the other announcements going across the screen. Hallelujah. If you want to go back and listen to the series, you're more than welcome that you can always go and listen to. So we're on series, hallelujah, seven. Today we'll be in series eight, and we will pick up talking about the spirit of offense coming out of the book of Matthew, chapter 24. So go ahead and study, and I believe that the spirit of the Lord will give you revelation. So when you come back here on next week, hallelujah, we're able to really, really tap into the spirit of God together. Hallelujah and glory to God. So may God keep you. May God rest his um, spirit upon you. May he protect you. May his glory always be with you. And his love continue to abound over you. In the mighty name of Jesus, I love you and have a great evening.